Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 73 Boris the Belair Boat Captain. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Brianna Jean's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests. The best unofficial Dungeons and Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I've got a wonderful guest lined up for this week, but before I reveal who our mystery contestant is, I would like to give a shout out to our first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicinda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got beard balms named after all of the basic stats from D&D, so get a can, apply it to your face, and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony's collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant with Terrible Games, I Toaster, a brave little toaster-inspired TTRPG, and Down We Go, a game which seeks to capture the heart of old-school tabletop gaming, as well as brand standing through the void and all sorts of cool stuff. If you support Plus One EXP either by buying something or supporting them on Patreon and the like, itch, etc., it all helps funnel into the Plus One Ford program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. So I would highly encourage you follow Tony and Plus One EXP on all the socials, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects he's working on, as well as upcoming interviews, one shots, and actual plays of some of these other amazing indie TTRPGs. And if you don't mind, head on over to plus1exp.com, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a beard balm or beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph, like in episode two, at checkout on the website plus1exp.com. Well, without further ado, hello, mystery guest. Would you care to introduce yourself to our lovely podcast audience? Hi there, I'm happy to be here and my name is Brianna Jean. You can find me DMing and producing. Aboard the Opal Star is an Esper Genesis 5e actual play. It's a space opera following an unlikely group of friends as they try and figure out where they fit in the universe as well as solving a lot of mysteries, only a few of which are actively trying to kill them. And I also have Tempest Multi, a southern gothic reality twisting mystery powered by the apocalypse. So 5e and a Powered by the Apocalypse, I know our other guest, uh, Alexi Sargent, has made a couple of games using that Powered by the Apocalypse system. So 
you feel it's a good system to kind of make games in? It is a very good system. It's very fun to play in. I, I like the narrative tools. And also um, in progress is another thing I'll be under pseudonym social is a Call of Cthulhu campaign beyond the crumbling veil. Ooh, okay. Set in 1939 London. And so, yeah, you're able to do all this because, you know, not only are you a DM and you're, you're producing all these other uh, projects, but you're a bit of a, a wordsmith yourself. Am I correct? Just, just a little. Usually whenever I'm not editing or planning sessions, I'm working on rewriting once again the first book in a fantasy trilogy. I still haven't actually written book three of that one yet, but I'll get there. <laughs> um, got a couple audio drama ideas of my own as well as assisting with production for the graveyard tapes. Not originally mine. Very proud to be a part of that because it's like the Dresden Files, the mm -hmm. supernatural noir, without feeling like it's trying to be the Dresden Files. And if you ask me honestly, it's better. Mm, interesting. Okay. Some interesting hot takes here on the show. Apologies to all the Dresden Files fans out there in the audience. I do say that as someone who very much enjoys the Dresden Files. See, and I've only ever seen the bits of the television program. I've never actually read the books myself. So I guess the books stack up better than the show, or is the show pretty on par with the books? I've never watched the TV show. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> well, I wasn't aware that there was one. I'm not surprised that there was one. I just wasn't aware. Yeah, I feel like it was on sci-fi or, or something. Maybe it was a British Probably. produced show or something like that. I'm not 100% or maybe Canadian. Who knows? The internet <laughs> will tell in time. Probably. Yeah, but we can segue into the next question here, which I feel is pretty easy. Do you currently or have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? I am currently in two home games, one that has been going on for almost four years, the other one that's been going on for almost three years. Wow, and you've been able to meet up consecutively, no breaks or anything? Mm, there have been a couple of breaks for <laughs> like holidays and people going out of town, but it's still the same campaign wow. for both of them, so that's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's certainly a challenge to keep a campaign ongoing. It's sad when they, they end sooner than you want. You definitely appreciate and care for those campaigns that have that longevity play. Oh, for sure. Also, if either of my characters die, I'm going to cry. In one of my games, one of my characters has reached a point in her story where it would make sense for her to stay behind while the rest of the party goes on. Mm -hmm. So I'm swapping out my paladin for a cleric. Because I enjoy spellcasters. Oh, Because okay. not all the dice rolls are on me because the dice hate me. And when you haven't hit anything yeah. for over a year, it gets to the point where you forget how melee combat works because you never roll high enough to need to bother. Well, hopefully being on this podcast will give you some uh, good vibes and some good feelings and you can carry that into your game and you'll have a, a change of luck. How about that? I certainly hope so. <laughs> That character has almost died several, several times, usually by falling to her death. Yeah, there was one time I got shot off the back of a dragon and almost succeeded in misty stepping over to where I could grab onto the leg, but I missed. And we can hear about these uh, kind of misadventures in a, in a written form, like on a, on a blog or something like that. Or is this just, oh, this is just my home game and, you know, it's just me and my friends. For a while, that one was a podcast, but oh, okay. not a lot of people were listening to it. So I just let mm. it go back to make a home game. But I might start kind of catching up what's going on. But I might just let it be a home game because I've yeah. 
got like three or four characters of my own that I don't have campaigns for, so I'm just writing their stories. Moving along here in our personal interview section, this podcast is called Sidekicks and Sidequests, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, who is your favorite NPC, either from an RPG, a video game, maybe a movie, a television show, history, literature, etc.? And why are they your favorite sidekick or NPC? So recently I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, um, like two of the more interesting like NPC stories were Jack and Edie. Mm. Just because Jack starts out as this messed up biotic that doesn't care about anything anyone is perfectly content murdering everyone and taking over the ship if she gets bored Mm -hmm. but with your help like she becomes a teacher and she starts to help people just watching that character growth and Edie is an ai Mm -hmm. that gets unshackled in the second game and then gets a body in, in the third game so you can choose to sort of help her become more of a person and develop mm. her own sort of sentience and personality, which I just find fascinating because I have an NPC in Board the Opal Star that is an AI named Nell, and she's a lot of fun to play with. Okay, and and you take inspiration then, I guess, from Edie a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, this is an AI that's been around for 100 years, but I do borrow some inspiration for like with how Edie assigns value to making sure everyone on the ship stays safe. And then on the flip side, do you happen to have a favorite side quest from RPG, video game, movie, television, literature, etc.? And why has it been one of your favorite side quests? This is a little one. Also from Mass Effect, just because that's where my head's at right now. Um, Sure, yeah. In the first game, if you chose the colonist background, which is you were on a colony and the entire colony except for you was kidnapped by Batarians, Batarian slavers. If you have that background, there's a quest in the first game called I Remember Me. Oh, okay. Where you are called to help a girl who was originally from your colony and she recently got rescued but she's freaking out and just having a perfectly logical and understandable freak out at the docks you have to go help kind of talk her down and calm her down till they can give her a sedative Mm -hmm. so they can take her somewhere to be taken care of and it's it's just really simple you just talk to her and she starts to calm down and just she talks about herself a lot in third person but one of the last things she says is I remember me it's like it's really simple but it gets me into feelings every single time and it's why I pretty much always do that background because I want that quest and then the final question here in the personal interview section what are you passionate about and why just storytelling either telling stories of my own enjoying other people's stories telling stories with people because in my experience stories have a way of adding a little light to just about any situation even if it's a sad story we have it helps us learn and grow and sometimes through telling stories like it helps people work through things and I just think stories leave the world better for existing also sometimes it's a very nice escape when things are getting to be a little too much i'm one of the people that started a podcast during the pandemic and now i'm Mm -hmm. doing like two going on three 
<laughs> I keep saw I keep like getting involved in new projects. And I'm like, this is it's fine. I mm-hmm. it's not like I have anything else to do outside of work. With the board the Opal Star, we had been talking about doing me and my friends have been talking about doing that like long before we did it. It was originally going to be with Starfinder and a very different story. And then I just got this idea and my friend introduced me to Esper Genesis. They just kept thinking about the idea. I was like, hey, y- y'all mind if I do a thing first, <laughs> like two years later. I don't think anyone remembers the original idea. Yeah, well, time flies when you're having fun, right? Exactly. And we recently added two new players to the roster because um, so one of them had to step away just because mm-hmm. life was getting a lot. And I am very excited for people to meet them in spring of next year because that's how much backlog I have. <laughs> I sympathize and I know the feeling well. Now that we have made it through the personal interview section and learned a little bit more about our guest, I think it's time we head into some NPC creation. Yeah. All right. And this NPC creation section is brought to you by you, the podcast audience. Checking the Patreon app on my phone. Yep, sure enough. No patrons. That's okay. This podcast is still going to exist regardless of whether people uh, donate or not. But if you love this podcast and you want to see me to continue to grow and, you know, I'd appreciate it. And if, you know, you got some gold burning in your pocket, you'll probably not find a cheaper podcast. Again, thank you all for your listening and, and supporting and let's shoot for the moon. So thank you, everyone. All right. Uh, so, of course, this is NPC Creation, and we were debating uh, before we started rolling of, oh, I have some characters ready to go, and then maybe perhaps I used a bit of my bardic silver tongue to convince you to uh, to roll the dice and test the fates and to perhaps see what kind of random character we could generate today. Is that correct, how we're wanting to proceed? Yeah, let's let's go with random. I can always sci-fi them up and then throw them at my players to see what they think about it. <laughs> But the first question we have to ask ourselves is, what is the character's name? This will require a roll on the D20. It's going to be a 10. 10, as I check the list. Boris. So just straight up Boris, B-O-R-I-S. Love it. The next question we get to ask is, what is the character's ancestry? So this will require a D100 to roll. 15. 15. Ooh, interesting. Okay. 15 is angel of any kind. So I know the monster manual comes with, I guess, three angels and, you know, maybe supplemental material exists out there for other different kinds of angels. Or if you want to refer to a particular religious tradition of angels, Boris is an angel. So what kind of angel are we thinking? Can can I pull in from Esper Genesis? Because it is 5e, but it's just sci-fi. Okay. Uh, sure, yeah. I, I mean, it literally says any kind of angel, so I'll just need more background on this, I guess, just to understand. So, in Esper Genesis, there is this race of beings called the Blair, and they are energy beings that can only interact with the outside world through suits, otherwise they cause severe damage to anything they touch. Okay, so they're angels that have to wear spacesuits? Essentially, Yes. It's almost like a quarian, like from Mass Effect, but except they're made of energy on the inside of the suit and not like a body or something like that. 
definitely very similar. There are some strong similarities. Okay, interesting. Like if you go to the Kickstarter page, they have this little thing and I'm like, you can't tell me you're not inspired by Mass Effect with that. The next thing we get to roll for is what is the job or role in society for Boris? This will require us to roll just a regular D10. That's a 10. Another 10. Okay, so this answer was provided by previous guest Stephanie Jones, a boat captain. So Boris, the boat captain. So spaceship captain. Or May ship. not be a big spaceship, but spaceship captain. How old is the character? So this usually comes down to like an age range. And then if you want to pick a hard number, you can. Uh, but let's roll a D8 to figure out what is the age range of the character, Boris. Four. Oh. Adult. An appropriate age of an adult for an angel. I'm like, I don't remember when they hit adulthood, but they can live hundreds of years. So now we get to take a pause, a little break from rolling dice. And now we get to ask the question of describing the physical appearance of Boris. So now that we know these key factors, when when you picture Boris, what are what are we seeing? So being an energy being inside of a suit, most of the physical description is going to be of the suit itself. Okay. I'm imagining something very well constructed with a variety of sensors to make it more sensitive to, say, ships' movements, which makes them more effective. Captain probably has a suit the same kind of coloring as the ship because you got to represent also prove that no that is mine and is the suit made of any particular construction or make because i guess if this is more sci-fi than necessarily like strictly medieval fantasy land sort of stuff is it like metals or polymers or or something like that a mixture of metals and polymers primarily metal on the outside the player typically don't talk about the internal construction of their suits because then people could figure out how to take over their suits or stuff like that. Oh, interesting. I didn't even realize that was a danger for them. Because, yeah, in one of the one-shots or adventures you can run, um, you have to rescue some from being kidnapped by people who want to take their energy to use it to power weapons. Oh, okay. So these energy angel beings are able to manifest or power certain kinds of weapons that only they can? Or be able to kind of be plugged in and drained of their life force to power weapons. oh yeah because i guess they're you know they're just energy beings so they're literally just like walking deposits of energy that could be siphoned off to you know uh, like you know the power of the sun in my hand kind of a thing basically yeah okay uh, yeah i could see how that could be very dangerous are there any other particular things that boris has on his uh, physical person to kind of differentiate himself. I mean, obviously his suit is going to match like his ship. Does the ship have a name? I don't know. Does he have like some sort of like fancy hat that he wears? Does he have medals or I don't know, like some tchotchkes or I don't know, just anything interesting that kind of makes him stand out. Or is it just very uh, Spartan as far as like, you know, all my stuff is built to function. I don't care about uh, frivolities or fanciness. I just, you know, I'm just a captain. So he doesn't exactly have, like, medals attached to him. He tried that for a while, and people kept stealing them or, like, sticking magnets to him among his medals. So instead, what he does is he gets them, like, welded or emblazoned onto him. Essentially, like, tattoos almost. 
Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, because I guess with um, kind of like welding or, you know, like a blowtorch and you could like, you could make like a etching Carve or a design. or asphyx a filigree onto it. Okay, that's cool. And so any particular designs or anything that he's proud of or likes? He's probably got a couple designs that refer to like places he's been to that he really enjoyed. Um, he's got his... Um, the emblem for his ship on his heart because it is his heart and his home as with most captains. If you had to describe Boris with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you pick? A quirky loner who's very trustworthy. I guess being an energy being, you would be a little quirky and, you know, a little lonely, but also, you know, you're, you're an angel. You're this angelic figure. So yeah, you could be trustworthy. Okay. He kind of forgets that he can't physically interact with things. The way, organic beings can so it kind of makes him feel a little lonely and that might also be why he's been adding like extra sensors to speed information to his entity self Mm. so he could at least pretend that he could like shake someone's hand and know what that feels like yeah i guess since you know we are creatures of uh you know flesh and blood you know, having the the five senses, you know, yeah, it's to put ourselves in the mindset of someone who is like pure spirit or pure energy. Yeah, that must be like a completely different sensation or not knowing like what physical touch or taste or smell or hearing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, interesting. And as far as he's concerned, he's got like experience just like everyone else's. And now we get to go back to rolling some dice. So now we have to determine what's a valuable item, piece of lore, a secret, or an ideal or concept that Boris would ascribe to. So this is a combo where we get to roll a d4 for the category, and then we get to roll a d6 to figure out what the specific thing is. All right. So I got a three. So three is a secret. Juicy. Okay. And now we get to roll a d6. Another three. Another three. Oh, okay. Interesting. So your answer was provided by previous guest Charles Basili. Boris hates the player characters. So for someone who is uh, quirky and lonely and trustworthy, really does not like the player characters. Do we have a, a reason why that may be? Did they do something to offend him in his culture and in his ways, but he kind of swallows that to still appear nice and everything like that? It's probably a little bit of everything. I mean, the fridge magnets were just really annoying. And they still do it sometimes. It's just like, that was really annoying. And then they kept like touching his stuff and moving it around because he wasn't used to having other people on the ship. Mm -hmm. So they started moving stuff around and now he's just tripping over things and it's stinting up his suit. Do you know how hard that is to get fixed? Mm. Also, they're so loud, like so loud. Okay, interesting. So if we're deploying Boris in your Spelljammer or, uh, you know, this other content that's coming out or just spacey D&D. So we're imagining the player characters are having extended kind of a prehistory with this character or unless they happen to just come across him in like a spaceport market or something like that it'd be kind of interesting to figure out how that sort of backstory would factor in with the player characters but a dm i guess could always invent something to be like oh yeah you've run across this guy before and you 
always played pranks or you've uh you kind of made yourselves a little too at home on his shit before he's polite to you but you can tell that there's like this lingering resentment or something underneath the surface yeah a little bit of that or just he just likes to be alone and y'all are just being ridiculous and okay why are you trying to haggle with this poor person they told you how much it costs Okay. Part so of ma- being a loader is you don't really understand organics. And then you have a bunch of like main character organics just bothering you. It's just like, leave me alone. Interesting. Okay. You know, that's a good point that you raised, certainly. And now we can roll for this. Or if you're already inspired, you can kind of come up with it. But if you want to roll, what's going to be a particular quest that Boris would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do? And now you get to roll the last dice that you have, which would be a d12, unless you have an idea of something that you'd like to do. I'm going to roll for it. Okay. Four. Four. Okay. Okay. All right. So this answer also from previous guest Charles Basile. So the side quest is to convince their teenage child to give up their hooligan ways. So Boris apparently is a parent. Uh, It's an apparent parent. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and, and I guess the teenage kid is on the ship with Boris. Uh, and I guess this kid's a bit of a hooligan. Do these angels have the ability to create their own offspring? Is it some sort of weird situation where it's like he was in port and, you know, the one time he was able to be with an organic and some sort of like energy organic offspring happened. And so the teens with him now and, oh, I can't relate to his organic part of him. And he's a bit of a hooligan and I just don't understand him or what are you thinking? So I'm thinking either it was like an old friend he's like kind of adopted their kid or so with the Belair they could make a war by just being outside of their suits and just ramming into each other at high speeds and then suddenly there's another one. Okay. According to the book. So maybe and maybe the other parent was very much a free spirit is going off getting into all kinds of trouble. Boris just wants to do his exploration. And he's just like, you got like almost the entirety of your personality from your other parent. You just stop stealing everything. I just I don't understand why you feel the need to do this. Also, with how it happens, it's just two clouds of energy smacking into each other. And then there's just another cloud of energy that has its own sentience. There you go. Yeah, a, a very alien way to reproduce as far as organics are concerned. Exactly. Also, I keep forgetting Blair don't actually have gender, but Boris just decided he liked to being referred to as a he. Okay, cool. Does his uh, hooligan teenage child go by a particular name? Whatever the kid's name was, the kid now has decided that their name is Glitch. So Boris has a name that he refers to Glitch by, but Glitch is like, no, that's not my name. My name's Glitch now. Basically. Boris kind of goes along with it because it's just, it's fine. Just can you please stop scamming and please stop talking to those people. Those are adventurers. No, 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 no. Okay. They cause all kinds of trouble. Okay. And then the other parent, are they anywhere in the picture or was it just kind of like, uh, you know, two ships passing in the night and the other parent went off and then Boris is stuck with the kid? Oh, they absolutely keep in touch. They just travel a lot and sometimes they're working on top secret projects that they can't bring the kid on because of course there's top secret stuff going on in places. 
very interesting family dynamic. So the the more stable parent is the one that's a ship captain, which, you know, could or could not get into very dangerous things. And yet the other parent is some sort of, it sounds like a secret agent or some, you know, government uh, official of some type that is off on clandestine missions or something. Well, unless that's just an excuse or something like that. Like, oh, I this is what I'm doing. But really, I'm just hanging out at the bar or doing something else. No, I'm pretty sure she's really busy, but she also likes to sign up for jobs whenever she's not doing like official stuff because she's an explorer. She's always itching for more adventure. Boris just wants to, you know, keep doing his work and doing like the safe stuff. study stuff. Yeah, he, he just kind of likes chilling and relaxing. And then there's Glitch, who just got the entirety of the other parents' personality. He's like, no, but I want to go like... I want to go discover lost planets. I want to go fight big evil robots. I mean, come on. And so if the player characters go along with this and quote unquote succeed as far as in Boris's perspective of convincing Glitch to give up their hooligan ways to kind of behave and, hey, this is serious business. We're, we're on a ship together, you know, a parent and child. And one day maybe you'll take over the ship and that sort of a kind of a thing. How is Boris, despite maybe not liking the player characters, going to reward said player characters with helping his child? Well, I'm thinking the quest in particular is this kid really wants to go on an adventure. So you're going to take him on one and you're going to show him just how boring they are. And when Mm. you do that, I've got some nice money set aside from vacation that we're not allowed to take because he got his banned from that planet. And I can get you discounts at a couple different shops that I do business with. In Boris's mind, the player characters are going to take Glitch on an adventure with them. I guess it's probably up to a dungeon master to decide, but are you imagining that it actually is dangerous with him going on it? Or no, it really is just like a boring sort of a fetch quest sort of a thing. At the start, it sounds like it's going to be incredibly boring, but there's a chance that it gets very, very dangerous and Glitch realizes that, okay, maybe I'm not quite cut out for this. Either that or depending on how the dice rolls go, Glitch is like, no, that was awesome. I'm going to go do more. And Boris is like, well, that didn't exactly work out, but at least he's going to school to learn how to fight instead of practicing with cans on the spaceport. We have to consider the alternative as well. What's going to happen if the player characters fail to convince Glitch to abandon his hooligan ways or, I don't know, something catastrophic happens. And, you know, so that's one hand. Or if the player characters just refuse to like, no, we're not going to take Glitch on this adventure. Like, what's going to be the consequence of either of those sorts of options? If they don't convince him and he decides to go off adventuring, Mm -hmm. they'll still get some financial compensation but they won't get as much as they originally promised and they won't get the discounts because well my kid's gonna go learn how to take care of himself but he's still off in danger and i'm still running the ship on my own which is not what i wanted if something really bad happens to glitch like glitches injured or damaged then they're going to get even less money because you were supposed to keep him safe and now he's injured Mm. If something really, really bad happens to Glitch, they're not getting any money and they're probably going to have the authorities called on them for child endangerment because they did not fulfill their part of the contract. Now that we've learned who Boris is as a character, I think it's time we test his mettle in a segment that I like to call The Random Encounter. (laughs) 
boy. All right. And this random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They've been Texas Titans at the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in DFW, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop with them and spend at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month. Uh, And it's always something new, so all the more reason and incentive to shop with them often. If you visit my website or you check the show notes below, you can find a link for our sponsorship, our affiliate relationship, and use that link to get to Reaper's website and support Sidekicks and Cyclists at the same time. By clicking that link, uh, it helps to track the traffic between our show and Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers are able to combine. I know recently uh, I was given another gift card from Reaper Miniatures. Uh, We got a couple and the wife and I spent them at Christmas time. And uh, so we've got a whole pile of minis that we can't wait to paint uh, with our Reaper paints as well. So thank you again, Reaper Miniatures. Very excited to um, spend this. And as well, I think right now they've designed a new mini um, that's based off the national bird of Ukraine. I don't necessarily think it's the mini of the month, but it is a special miniature that they're making. So if you go to their website and go uh, get that mini, I believe all the proceeds from that or a good portion of them are supposed to go uh, towards relief efforts in Ukraine. So that'd be really cool to go and do. So again, if you want to check out my website or the show notes, uh, click on that link and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. All right, now that uh, that final ad read is out of the way, we're here in the random encounter section. Uh, and so this is the part where we get to do a little role play, a little vignette, a little scene to uh, showcase Boris, kind of bring a life to him, uh, how one might present uh, him in a game. And since this is kind of a more spacey thing, I've only had one other sort of podcast character, Duncan, uh, ended up in the Astral Sea with a Yankee miner. And so that's the closest I've gotten to space. And so uh, my question to you is, if we're going to do a scene with Boris, what is the kind of scene that you're going to want to role play? Is it something with uh, Boris and the other parent in Glitch? Is it just Boris and Glitch? Or do you want Boris to meet one of the podcast characters and then I have to figure out some way uh, to get them into space? Or do I just make up a random passerby or random adventurer sort of a character so that way if the space scenario comes up then that way i've got a space character that i can use let's just have a random passerby or random adventurer that is passing by as he's offloading stuff out of his ship okay so we'll go ahead and we will set the scene so we find ourselves on a little spaceport. It well, little may not be the best word for it. It's not particularly large, but there's still plenty of space. There are several ships docked at the moment with crew bustling about unloading and reloading and delivering supplies and people walking around asking captains about possibly traveling with them and hiring for jobs and there's there's a lot going on and you see there's a smaller ship where there is a Blair who is busy at work offloading crate after crate and just got a steady steady rhythm going on almost like clockwork when he comes out and drops it it's 
you can tell they've done this for a while. Uh, and then I guess uh, since we're in this spaceport scenery, um, we'll just say a very Malcolm Reynolds, Han Solo mashup type that we'll call Stu. Uh, kind of is walking by. He's got a toothpick in his mouth. And uh, he's walking by and he just, for some reason, just kind of takes notice of this guy. And he'll probably say something along the lines of like, hey, buddy, you need some help? Oh, no, thank you. It's it's all right. I've got this. I oh. Vocal synthesizer. He wants to sound like that. <laughs> oh, okay. So he has a vocal synthesizer that makes him sound uh, a little more Russian or Slavic. Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's sci-fi. You can sound like whatever you want to sound like. Fair enough. Yeah, and so this Han Solo, Malcolm Reynolds mashup type stew will just kind of be like, uh, all right, sure, uh, no problem. And I guess tearing out from behind one of the boxes, I guess, is this teen who maybe tries to, like, prank him or scare him or something. And so then Stu will be like, duh, what? There's two of you? What's what's going on? What's What, what are these shenanigans? Glitch, what have I told you about roughhousing in the dark? You either stay on the ship or you help me, okay? Maybe Glitch is a little bummed out that, like, oh, his uh, his prank or whatever didn't uh, go over as well as he wanted. And uh, then That's Stu- boring, and there's so many interesting people to talk to around here. I mean, come on. No, I told you. I apologize for my child. He's a rather rambunctious sort, and he doesn't know how to do his work. Uh, I knew so- how to do it. I just don't want to. You've got this down like clockwork. It's creepy. Stu will chuckle and we'll just kind of be like, eh, you better listen to your old man. Dad knows best. You you don't want to be messing around with me, kid. I'm a I'm a veteran of the wars, you see. And he, he'll like, you know, I guess he's wearing a brown coat and uh, he'll flash something real quick to be like, you know, to indicate like, oh, he was part of the losing rebel side and and so he's just kind of like this, you know, this mysterious uh, figure, you know, uh, gun for hire sort of a thing. And he'll just kind of be like, your dad's got a good thing going. You got a good ship here. Uh, so, you know, don't be don't be getting yourself into trouble. Oh, man, that's so cool. I want to go on adventures like that. You have no idea how boring that ship is to work on. And Stu will take a moment to kind of look over the ship and he'll probably say some sort of techno babble jargon as far as like what the make and model of the ship is and then he'll be like oh yeah you know these these ships are good you know they're they're a sturdy build and and then he'll probably say something kind of clever of like you know actually if you could get a couple more extra storage bits if you just kind of take some of these things out maybe kind of getting into a more sort of uh you know giving himself away is sort of like this oh i'm a smuggler piratey sort of uh you know maybe i don't necessarily play by as clean the rules as i should uh and then maybe he catches himself and he's like ah but you know you seem to be an upstanding person so you don't need to take that advice from me oh no i know about those places for a glitch leave the board man alone we have work to do come on and then uh i guess maybe maybe glitch disappears uh somewhere in the ship you know, so it gives, uh, I guess, maybe Boris and Stu more of a time uh, to kind of talk one on one. I guess Stu will say something like, "Ah, he's a good kid. You know, he's just he's just at that age where he wants to do more. Yes, he got most of his personality and energy from his other parent. Ah. I don't know what to do with him. He's dead set on going on an adventure and I'm afraid 
if I thought allow him, he's going to run off and do something stupid, but I don't know anything about adventuring, so I don't know who to trust. I guess Stu will kind of give one of those, like, matter-of-fact sort of, like, raised eyebrow winky sort of things and be like, well, you've, uh, you just happen to stumble across maybe the greatest uh, of adventurer guns for hire. So is there some job you need me to do for you? And, you know, I can prove my worth and my good uh, charms are not the only, you know, excellent, satisfactory thing about me. Well, I heard the friend of mine lost a shipment recently. It crashed on insert place here. It's a little tricky to get to for a single person, but perhaps an expedition could be made. Don't should be boring and convince him that adventuring is not as fun as it sounds. Ah, so a salvage job. We just have to go get the cargo from the wreck on the planet and we're good? Yes, and I can tell you where to deliver it once it's been recovered. And then he'll kind of give himself a chuckle and just say like, see, I know just walking the docks, you'll find an easy, good job. And he'll say, all right, I'll take your job. Very well, I'm sure I can find some compensation for you and some extra funds or benefits with companies I do business with. He smiles at the promise of money and discounts. He likes that very much. And so then I guess the montage will begin of getting the details of whatever sorts of sci-fi maps and coordinates. And then, of course, uh, you know, getting to meet the crew of adventurers and glitch, I guess, coming along with. Uh, to be able to, you know, provide other details, like, from Boris as far as, like, oh, this is what we need to look for, this is who the friend was, and this is what they were doing. But, yeah, it's a whole Motley crew, and it's a whole space thing, and uh, Stu and his band of misfits will will take off, and uh, they'll go and see to this missing cargo. Exactly, and Glitch will probably be the source of most of their problems. Also, part of me starting to wonder if Boris is not as boring as he seems after all. And scene. So there we go. We're here now, starting to get at the end of the podcast. So what did you think of the uh, of that little role play of getting to, well, I mean, not normally guests are having to do two different voices, uh, but what, what did you think it was uh, you were saying there at the end that maybe Boris isn't as boring as you thought? Yeah, well, it's just, oh, yeah, my friend's ship crashed and they lost their cargo and you can, like, pick it up for me and deliver it here. It's just like, did that, did, was it a friend's ship that crashed or was that someone else's and you're trying to steal their stuff? Ooh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I guess he is a mysterious energy being that maybe doesn't have exactly the same sort of uh, morals or whatnot. Exactly. You don't know how he keeps his business afloat, and it's a big universe. You can get away with vaguely sketchy things without getting in any serious trouble. <laughs> yes, as long as the um, we'll see. Now I'm going back to my Firefly, unless the Alliance is there, and you know, and they're gonna make trouble for uh, the former Browncoats or whatnot. As long as the Reavers don't show up. The Alliance is good in my universe. The Federation's bad. Is the bad ones. They're basically like. Sci-fi North Korea, essentially. Oh, okay. It's not a fun time. That's that's where the players start out. Well, yeah. So we're here in the uh, the final thoughts. So if there's anything else that you wanted to say about your experience here today on Psychics and Psychos, I'm happy to hear it. And then, of course, I give the platform, the stage, the microphone over. And uh, anything you've got to plug, you know, where can we find you on social media? You know, where do we need to stay tuned to? 
hear about all these different podcasts and novels and blogs and whatever else. I do have a lot of things going on. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to be able to do this because I feel like we've been talking about doing this for so long. <laughs> yeah. It Backlogs. finally worked out. It was a lot of fun. I'm used to talking to myself in different voices. It's It just comes with the territory being a DM for multiple campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this was fun. Awesome. All right. And then, uh, yeah, share the plugs. Let us know where we can find you and what you got going on. Okay, so you can find me at Brianna Jeans. That's where I talk a lot about different storytelling stuff that I am doing, as well as updates on talking about what I'm doing with my novel and different audio drama ideas and so on and so forth. The best place to keep up with all of my podcasts is over at Pseudonym Social, which is my sort of umbrella for all of my podcasts. If you want to keep up with specifically the Call of Cthulhu campaign we have coming up, um, you want to check out Stick Helix, who that is, he's going to be the DM for that campaign. Okay. So it's at Sticks Helix Prod. So okay. it's the best way to keep up with Beyond the Crumbling Veil. We are recording session one on the 27th. I am very excited for that. Aboard the Opal Star comes out every other Monday. We have almost, we are about to hit 40 episodes. I'm very proud of that. I've got through 45 edited and scheduled already because I like getting ahead because I have backlog like no one's business <laughs> tip is multi is every other wednesday that one the seasons are going to be shorter i believe i season one will be ending in august but i've already got plans in the works for season two so season one is a monster of the week campaign set in the small town of oak ridge where it was always kind of weird and Mankind started messing with things they didn't understand, and it's gotten a whole lot weirder. Very cool. Well, Brianna, it was great to, uh, you know, go beyond just being Twitter acquaintances to now having you as a podcast guest and getting to make Boris today. And yeah, we'll have you back on the show. And you were saying, oh, I've got my list of characters ready to share. And so perhaps maybe next time we'll get to share one of those characters, or maybe you'll be inspired again to perhaps roll the dice and and see what else we can make. Yeah, um, I, I do have some characters that I've thought of um, setting up quests around since if I'm never going to be able to play them. Maybe one day I'll be able to stick them in a D&D campaign if I ever actually run that more than one shot. Well, thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, SidekicksAndSideQuest.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. 
Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, or you've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and SideQuests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and side quests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychos is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Psychics and Psychos!